Caitlin is a 30-something single woman who is currently living in Seattle and is loving every minute of it. She enjoys her career, family, and friends, and is also interested in baking, hiking, and spending time outside, traveling, reading, serving others, and being a fantastic aunt, which I can definitely attest to. (laughs) She does her best to find the joyful moments in her life and its varied experiences. So great intro there, Caitlin. Sounds like you have a lot of different areas that you're interested in and that you spend your time But why don't you go ahead and tell us what you kind of wanted to talk about today? Thanks, Colin. I'm I'm excited to be on the on the podcast. I was thinking a lot about the general theme of expectations and um, where my brain kept going to was what I wish 15 or 16 year old Caitlin would have known about how her life would turn out and how wonderful and challenging it's been even though it's been very different than the expectations that I had at that age and just feel compelled to, to kind of share that, that um, I guess hopefully it'll, it'll be in a, a good story for people that maybe are going through similar identity crises or forming their expectations of how their lives have turned out. Yeah, I love that. So Caitlin and I, just to give some backstory, Caitlin is my sister-in-law and we met when we were teenagers and quickly became really good friends. And so, yeah, about 16 year old is about when I first remember meeting you. So tell us about who 16 year old Caitlin was. Um, so 16 year old Caitlin was, um, kind of obsessed with doing everything right. (laughs) Um, I, I was a straight A student. I got early acceptance to the school I wanted to go to, was really involved in leadership capacities, both in school and in our church. Um, you know, really tried to be the, the definition of the the perfect kid, you know, <laughs> didn't get into right. trouble. I think the the biggest trouble I ever got in was the night that we all played cops and robbers, and <laughs> the actual cops came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty eventful. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I I had a very specific vision of kind of a checklist. I, I was a very checklist oriented person where it was like, if I do X, Y, Z in this order, then these things will happen in, in this order, you know, like it, it cause and effect sort of. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I went to the school I was quote unquote supposed to go to and had the goals that I was quote unquote supposed to have as far as marriage and family and some of those other goals. And I I wasn't necessarily career focused or um, didn't really have an idea of, of what I wanted to do or how I wanted to do it. Just that I knew I had a list of shoulds. And one of my, (laughs) one of my favorite expressions I've heard lately, actually, one of my friends just mentioned it to me yesterday was uh, to not should all over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, and I think I was very focused on the, the shoulds, um, and didn't really take a lot of time to explore what I individually wanted out of my life. Right. Where do you think those shoulds came, came from for you at that time? Um, I think, 
I mean, you know, my, my family and obviously, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. and I think some of it came from, you know, an expectation with the way that we were both, that we were raised, um, and definitely not criticizing my parents at all for anything. Cause I mean, you're not, there, there's definitely worse things to do than to like have your kids have high standards and expectations of themselves. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but so some of it came from my family. Some of it came from, uh, church, you know, with, with, uh, some of the leadership that I interacted with there. And then some of it came from, I mean, most of it came from the way I internalized a lot of the, the messages and, and socialization that I, uh, experienced as a, as a child and as a teenager. Right. So do you feel like you were kind of just more susceptible to that? Just kind of the way your personality is? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know me well enough to know that I, uh, I definitely, if someone gives me a list of things to do to achieve a certain goal, I do, I do that list and expect that, that outcome. Mm -hmm. And so I think just my personality type is a little bit more susceptible to that. And then I think I, I struggled on and off with some significant anxiety. And I think that that definitely played a factor into it as far as uh, expecting myself to do everything I could in the best way I could. And I worried a lot about that as a 16 year old. Right. Yeah. I mean, back then you didn't really realize that it was anxiety though. Uh, That's correct. Yeah. I, I think I just thought that everyone put that really intense pressure on themselves to, to achieve goals (laughs) goals <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and function in that very high pressure way. I didn't understand how, no, how other people didn't think that way. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of what anxiety does. It puts us in this kind of hole of like, surely everybody's freaking out just as much as me. So this is totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize slowly that it's not normal. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So with, with feeling like that as a teenager, what did you, how did you cope with that? How did you deal with that when you were 16? Um, I think I put a, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you saw this from an outside perspective <laughs> more than the in, internal mm-hmm. perspective. But um, I mean, this is all about you and your perspective. So <laughs> you, you take that away. Um, I, I think I coped with it by just really having exacting expectations of, and and I didn't really consider other options um, or think that a different or another path might be better for me or, or a different path might be fulfilling in a different way. I, I think I, it was very clearly, I don't know, it, that's kind of how I, I visualized it in my head was just this checklist of like, you go to this school you get married to this person at this age, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a lot of room in my brain for other, other paths (laughs) being acceptable. Right. So I I think I really devoted a lot of time and energy into trying to achieve those, those goals that I had set for myself or that I had seen other people be successful um, in their lives by doing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember any specific time around that time that this became really difficult for you or you started to realize that 
I mean, did you start to realize back then that that's not exactly the path that you either wanted or were going to have, or did it take longer it's, for you to realize that? It's kind that? of been a gradual realization over the last, you know, 15 or so years. Uh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> that's like half of my life. Um, <laughs> it's It's been more of a gradual realization. I think that, um, you know, as I got into my 20s and realized that although I had followed the checklist to the letter, um, literally to the letter, um, things weren't turning out the way that I wanted them to, or expected them to, or had been told that they would the, the way that I, that I had been told that they would. Um, and so as a 16 year old, it didn't really, it hadn't really crossed my mind that things wouldn't turn out the way that I expected them to. <laughs> Um, and so I think it took you know several significant experiences for me to be humble enough to accept that I didn't have control over the way my life was going to turn out and that that was going to be okay right I I had control over the way it was going to turn out but like as far as the way that um involving like some of the other goals I had I I just didn't it wasn't just completely yeah. up to me, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you had control over what you did with what life threw, yeah. threw at you, but you didn't have control over what life was throwing Correct. at you. Yeah. That makes sense. So can you speak, um, I mean, as, as specific as you want to go there, to some of those experiences that started to kind of alter your you're thinking and you're realizing that maybe life isn't going to go quite what you thought it was. Uh, Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest, well, there were, there were two pretty significant events that happened in my early to mid twenties. I had a relationship that I'm trying to think how to phrase this, had a relationship that with someone that I loved very much, who I loved very much, that was the perfect checklist relationship, right? We were members of the same faith. We had similar goals. And it ended badly. Excuse me. Not and not due to any fault of either of us, I don't think. It just as when you're young and inexperienced and in love, sometimes it's hard to to see past certain things. And so that that was rough. Yeah. But I kind of was like, I'll just bounce back from it. But then simultaneously my dad got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and that was, that rocked my world. The two things happening simultaneously, particularly just completely adjusted my perspective and made me realize what was important and where I needed to spend my time and my priorities. Yeah, man, those two things happening at the same time, that's such a whirlwind to go through like complete change of perspective, complete, like, it's not just you're taking a slight fork in the road. It's like a full right-hand turn and you're going a whole different direction Absolutely. now. It was, it was a doozy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel like, so you said that it shifted kind of your priorities and your perspective. How do you feel like going through that, especially at the same time, began to shift that for you in what ways? I think that really what, what it helped me realize I am, I, I I was very focused on my career at that point and I loved what I was doing and 
but I was working ridiculous amounts of hours while trying to finish my degree and commuting an hour each way to, to get to my job and just realized that eventually something had to give, right? Something right. I couldn't keep going a hundred miles an hour in every direction. And I don't know why I keep, ha- why I, I keep relearning that lesson. <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty common theme in my life, <laughs> um, but it really caused me to kind of take, take stock and slow down and say, you know, what is most important. And eventually what that came to be was my family and my faith and the rest of it kind of fell to the wayside. You know, I, I changed, I completely changed my career trajectory in the middle of all of this too. (laughs) Right. And it, it really made me thankful that I had such supportive people around me to help me make a lot of these big life decisions and life transitions. And looking back now, you know, that was 2011, 2012. So looking back now, I'm so thankful that those decisions, like the changes in trajectory and direction were that that they happened because they've led me to where Mm -hmm. I am now, which is somewhere I would have never, ever, ever guessed when I was, (laughs) when I was 16. (laughs) Um, And although it's been very different than I thought it would be, it's been exactly where I've needed to be. Yeah. Okay. So with that, why don't you tell us about kind of more where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, currently I work, I live in Seattle, as, as you mentioned, I went to Utah to go to school and lived there for a couple years and loved it but relocated up to Seattle uh, about two and a half years ago. And now I'm working in really what I would consider my dream job, helping recruit physicians for a a large health system up here and just love it. Um, I just moved into my own apartment, which is like this really empowering. (laughs) Yeah. It's this really (laughs) empowering moment in my life to have like adult furniture in my own apartment and (laughs) no roommates. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just feel very fulfilled and very content with with where I am at the moment. I'm a big proponent of therapy (laughs) and medication. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's uh, a, anyway, it's, it's been a journey to get there. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, you know, for, for people that are going through their own hard roads that are those hard right turns. Um, going to therapy really helped me gain some perspective on it and uh, helped me combat that anxiety of me not being good enough or me having done something wrong in my quote unquote checklist, right? Um, to end up where right. I am now. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, since we've talked about this, you mentioned that you kind of wish you had gone to therapy sooner is that still true that you wish you had kind of addressed some of this stuff sooner in your life? Um, it is true, but I think that I wasn't at a spot where I could fully acknowledge it or realize right. why it was important. I, I had uh, realized that I wasn't able to do it all on my own, but I am very stubborn sometimes <laughs> and, <laughs> and felt like I could and that I should be able to and... Um, showed, I felt like it, it exhibited some weakness for me to admit that I needed help beyond my own, my, beyond my own efforts. Right. I, I tend to put my, my head down and just work really hard at things. Mm-hmm. 
And it really took some outside perspective from somebody who I care about a lot and, and their perspective, well, several people who I care about a lot, but one in particular and their perspective and, and how my actions were impacting them to have me say, okay, this isn't, this isn't sustainable. And I need to really gain some perspective and put, put some of these experiences behind me more fully in a, in a more healthy way rather than trying to just avoid them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Which is so hard to do to face, face all of it after all this time and to really kind of process through everything. Yeah. When you're, when you're an expert barrier, (laughs) it's really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Bringing all those things out and having to look at them. Well, I think more power to you for being able to, acknowledge that that was what you needed and facing those fears head on. And I'm really glad that you had a positive experience with that and that you were able to kind of um, feel even more at home with yourself after being done with therapy. Thank you. Me too. And and thanks for your encouragement there. <laughs> to get <through> it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, okay. So, so now you are in your own apartment. You're you have an awesome career that you never expected to have. And as far as being married by a certain age, what age did you expect to get married at? Um, I give it the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of funny story. I, um, was going through my memory boxes or, you know, we all have those boxes of just random stuff collected over the years. And my roommate, um, my freshman year of college. So I, I graduated high school and I was 17 and went to college and, um, my roommate used to draw caricatures of all of us on the back of our programs for church. Mm-hmm. And we had six girls living in one apartment and she had driven, she had drawn these caricatures of us. And all mine said was I'm Caitlin and I'm 18 and married. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> hadn't realized that that was quite so clearly my goal. <laughs> and my <focus. laughs> <laughs> yeah, you must have been pretty vocal about that. Yeah. And obviously that didn't end up happening. And then I really kind of anticipated that I would um, get married to that, that gentleman that I dated for a long time in my early 20s. And that didn't mm-hmm. end up happening. And I kind of kept trying to be like, I'm going to control this and I'm going to get married when I want to get married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which totally works, yeah, totally works. to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and obviously that still hasn't happened, but I've kind of over the last six months to eight months, just realized that the, the biggest thing I can control is how I live my life. And, um, that that will happen when it happens. And that in the meantime, I'm going to live a very happy, fulfilling life that, that makes me as Caitlin happy, not that makes someone else happy or is on my list of shoulds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that to be able to just embrace where you are right now, rather than where you think you should yes. be. Yeah. That's amazing. So I kind of want to, I'd love for you to kind of look back and from where you are now, what would you want to say to 16 year old Caitlin 
about how her life is going to go and like, how would you encourage her or try to help her at, from this place? If you could, um, it's a really good question. I think I would, especially as like, I have surrogate nieces and, you know, very close friends who have kids who are getting up to be this like 15, 16 year old age. And so I've been thinking a lot about them and what I would say to them (laughs) and also to Mm -hmm. myself if I was in that situation again. And I think the biggest thing I would just say is like, let go of how you think it's supposed to be, you know, have goals for yourself. That's great. You know, I've, I've been in sales for most of my career, sales or recruitment for most of my career. And it's a very goal-driven industry. <laughs> Both of those are. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have goals and to work hard to achieve those goals, but embrace the fact that they're not, like your life is not going to go the way that you think it should or will or whatever. Um, and if you can achieve those worthy goals while learning, then you're going to be much happier than hanging on to this like preconceived notion, I guess, of how you think your life is going to turn out or should turn out. Um, if you can, if you mm-hmm. can set goals and work towards them while embracing change, I think that's this that's the recipe to to a very happy life. Hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. Being able to set goals and, um but not like be so set on those goals that you don't see what's actually happening in your life right now. And on top of that, being okay, or at least open to things changing. Absolutely. And, and knowing that you're going to be okay, no matter what, because who you are as a person, if you, if you focus on developing yourself, um, who you are as a person doesn't, necessarily change and it's not reflective of your life circumstances, right? Like you can, you can become the best person you, you can be the the ideal version of yourself no matter what your circumstances are. Yeah, I really love that. And so with all of that being said, so we went back and talked to 16 year old you and you told her, let go, you know, don't, don't try to hold so fast to the things that you think, you know, because it's all going to change and try to embrace the unexpected. So with all of that, keeping that in mind and keeping all that you have learned over the years in mind, how do you feel like moving forward? That's going to influence kind of your life from here on out. So I think that, that if I could look back in another 15 years, let's say, and see and talk to myself now or, or kind of set myself some goals now, I think really continuing to work towards self-actualization is really important to me. I would love to look back and say, I am completely comfortable with who I am, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I am happy with whatever my life circumstances end up being. I, you know, I'd love to get married at some point. I'd love to have kids, but if that doesn't happen, I want to make sure that I have a very fulfilled life. One of my biggest goals as I continue to progress through life, I keep saying, I keep wanting to say when I grow up and then I'm like, wait, I'm 31. Like (laughs) (laughs) growing up has happened. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sure there's still room to grow up. We all kind of feel that way sometimes. (laughs) (sighs) But one of my biggest goals is that I really want to help families who've been through similar circumstances as our families have. I want to be in a position financially, emotionally, physically, where I can make a difference for those people. And so I'd, I'd love to have made some more progress towards those goals. Yeah. By the t- you know, in the so you're talking period. in reference to families who are going through battling cancer. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. What would you want to do for those families? I would really love, I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest blessings that came from everything we experienced with my dad is that we had really prioritized spending time as a family throughout all of growing up. So it wasn't like there was this rat race to spend all this to, to make up for lost time, right. To like spend, right. spend quality time together. Cause we'd already, we'd made that a priority for my whole life. And so what I would really love to do is create an environment where families who maybe haven't been able to make that a priority as much because of their circumstances, whether it's their job or their, you know, their, their finances or different things, create an environment where they can really focus on that as a family and maybe make up for a little bit of lost time. Right. And so Mm -hmm. whether it's a, a camp or I've, I've thought about maybe starting a ranch or, or something like that, where they can come and spend time together, that that's kind of the concept of what I'd like to do and, and run it as a nonprofit. Yeah. With your background, I, th- I feel like that m- makes a lot of sense, given what you've already learned in your career. It's interesting how all of those things kind of build on each other after a while. Yeah, it is. I've especially with this new this new job. I just switched jobs what a month ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, I just feel very led um, in this path, and it, it's one I would have never guessed I would end up on. Yeah. Well, I think that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing kind of your journey from teenage expectations all the way to where you are now and how that's changed for you. I think, I mean, that's so relatable. (laughs) I feel like as teenagers, we have this grand idea that we've got everything together and we know what the world's going to look like. Um, And then everything changes (laughs) and it's often very difficult to know how to deal with that, especially if, if it was like you and I, where we had a very set expectation of what that would look like. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that and kind of telling your story about that, that progression for you. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Hey guys, it's Callan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Imperfect Me Women. If you want to find out more about Imperfect Me Women, you can visit my website at imperfectmewomen.com. That's a hard one. (laughs) You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. If you're interested in being interviewed for the podcast or in my life coaching services, you can find out more information about that on my website as well. Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed it, give it a thumbs up and subscribe and let me know what you thought.